A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, here with you every single Monday to give you your start of the week dose of rugby union from the Avicii Premiership, from the Pro 14, from all the rumours and stories that are circulating and all from the Rugby Dungeon where I'm delighted to be back after the horrors of the wine region of France. Oh, it sounded tough too. You okay mate? I am alright. Do you know what? Actually, on the on the flight back from Lyon, the uh, the, the pilot last night said, uh, oh, "This is one of the very few times I will uh, I will say this." Um, where we're we travelling, Manchester. Actually, the weather has been better there than it than it has been today. <laughs> what was that like going out and um, oh. in sunshine in Manchester? It, it was it was brutal. So um, <laughs> yeah, I woke up on Saturday morning all ready to play rugby for the Didsbury, the mighty Didsbury Talk H, ding uh, against Wigan, and. I got to the tram station, a blazing sun, 17 degrees. I did not sign up for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's remained sunny throughout the entire day. Did I remember, enjoy it. I, I remember um, it must have been something like 18 or 19 degrees, um, Broughton Park. It was the first, this is how little sun you get in Manchester. When, when, when it's like 17, 18 degrees and sunny in the rugby season, I remember the ref stopping the game in the halfway through the first half and halfway through the second half for drinks breaks. <laughs> 18 degrees! I can't remember playing someone rubbish. It's kind of like, come on! Was it pre-season? No, it was a league match in like April. I'm trying to think which one that was. It's, yeah, prob- but- it's probably a passive-aggressive comment about your conditioning, gents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, been able to drag yourself? Oh no, because Phil's been moving house. Congratulations. Uh, thanks, mate. Uh, uh, been I- able- you got the telly plugged in? No, no, not got a telly plugged in, actually. Are you going to be one of those cool cord cutters? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a cord cutter. I still watch stuff on my uh, laptop. But mm. watch as much rugby as I could while moving lots of heavy boxes around. Uh, I do need your help at some point, JB, to move a fridge freezer into a cellar. There's one thing that I'm good at, it's moving things. Lift and shift. Li- li- lifting Hot carrier things. right there. Yeah. But um, I did. I got out to enjoy the sunshine in the, the new garden, which is about 10 times bigger than the old garden. So that's uh, a good thing. Yeah, so interesting story. Phil moved, so he's not on my um, travel path 
to and from rugby. <laughs> you can't get like these, these these awkward knocks at the door at nine at night. <laughs> uh, it, it was a lot more frequent when my old housemate used to live there. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> Claire's friend, my old housemate. He was a very, very affable, good-looking chap. Yeah, exactly. say that. yeah, yeah. Exactly. made a great brew. Exactly right. Exactly. So on this podcast, we are obviously going to be talking about the race for the top four uh, in the Avicii Premiership. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the rumours, the stories that are breaking, of which there are some quite interesting, spicy ones, and uh, anything else that, that crosses our mind. But the first thing I said there, which I'm sorry to, to burst our happy bubble, but the first thing that's going to be quite difficult, um, it's going to be like a breakup. I said the race for the top four in the Avicii Premiership, oh, which, no. which will be a redundant phrase before long. I'm it really sad because um, you know I liked calling it the Avicii. I mean, I don't know why I'm so attached to um, a huge multinational insurance company, but I, I feel <laughs> or as part a, of the now. Or a Swedish superstar DJ. Yeah, and if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you're new to the podcast, uh, it was Aviva, and it was Phil's Mrs. Claire who, <laughs> who christened it the Avicii by... Like, was it just a pure accident? She, yeah, she just said, are you watching the Avicii Premiership? <laughs> And I was like, "What? <laughs> Who? When?" And it's stuck, and it's um, and it's spread far beyond this podcast as well. I'm, I'm proud to say, but uh, after the yeah, oh, sorry, that's all right. After Aviva, uh, we'll be stepping away from the top flight rugby union. Uh, that that presents an opportunity for US firm. Was it Alfred J Gallagher? Uh, Gallagher, yeah. So I've actually got a, a got uh, an excerpt of um, an interview. An exclusive extra interview with a, a leading Gallagher, Mister Mister Gallagher, Mister Gallagher himself. Do you want to hear it, Mister Alfred? Jim. Yeah, is, is he talking about? Uh, is, is is he talking about the baton being passed from one? Yeah, from one. Let's put it this way: there's not much love lost between these two. The these two sponsors. Okay. I don't know anything about Avicii. I don't wish to know anything about Avicii. It sounds like a fucking artist from the Renaissance period. I don't know. Is it like that David Guetta nonsense? Yeah. When that's. Is that the night after me or the night before me? That's the night. Is it the night before me? Yeah, all right, don't worry. I can save it after that. Don't worry about that. There we go. <laughs> Mr. Gallagher himself. Uh, Gallagher's are in the premiership and going to save it. Yeah, it's a dog-eat-dog world there. Um, yeah, so we're going to have to have some sort of um, ceremonial goodbye to, to, to Avicii. Yeah. yeah, and also it just isn't as cool when you're doing like... Um, uh, like we used to do music before we came online for the for the Facebook Live people, oh, and yeah. the Beachy music would just be better than Oasis mu- music for that function. Oh, oh, I don't we know. Get, yeah, we can get some good. I used to, I used to love when I played for Manchester Rugby Club in the good old days. Um, used to love going to whenever we go down to the South or Cornwall or something, just out the changing room blaring Oasis tunes. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. it uh, Let them know we're there. Was it Flinny by any chance? Yes, it was. was uh, <laughs> on it top was. of that. I've Absolutely. had a similar uh, few experiences with, Fl- with Fl- Flinny. Flinny, the Manchester pusher. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a stick. <laughs> and again, does anyone, anyone going to know the reference there? There's a. Um, has anyone found that? Is that a, is no, no, that's a, a real thing, isn't it? Well, it's pusher. a real thing. So there was loads of people that were found in, cana- in the canal. Yeah, so we in Manchester have got a much higher death rate from canal deaths than any other place with equivalent waterways. Yeah. And some people say it's because there are no handrails. Other people think it's a serial a serial, a serial killer, right? <laughs> and, like, this week, someone was thrown in uh, on a bike, was pushed in. Yeah. When they tried to scramble out, they were uh, kicked back into the water. <laughs> got my, I, I've, um, I've got my shoes wet and everything. 
<laughs> Good you you got those Aaron Williams and nice and waterproof. <laughs> like sturdy boots. Yeah. But Gallagher is here and uh, you wonder if uh, if I mean if this means there's more US excursions for us to go on. Oh, all now, for that. Now you're talking to. Yeah. Well, you know who would, who was talking about who is spoken about being uh, I can't even say it now. Who is pr- supposed to be going not this year but next year? Uh, yeah, it will be in April. Yeah. It'll be around about this time next uh, 2019. Yeah, and it will be apparently it's Quinns versus Sale. It's Quinns versus Sale Sharks. Interesting. In, flight out? in either Chicago, yes, or New Jersey again. Ooh, I think I'd go Chicago this time. Yeah. I would like to go back to Mr. Chicago. Gallagher if you're listening. If you can, if you can fix it for for it to be a Chicago game. We're all oh over yeah, that. Chicago was such good fun last time. It was tremendous fun. And <laughs> April as well, it'll be warming up nicely. Spring will have mm. sprung. Ah. Those jazz clubs will be in fine form. Exactly yeah. Right, yeah, uh, right. Uh, let's let's get on to some some rugby action there. Well, a couple of stories actually, because w- one rumor that's been breaking this evening is the rumor that uh, next year's Gallagher Premiership new boys, Bristol, will not will no longer be Bristol Rugby; they will be Bristol Bears. Well, I, I mean, this hasn't been confirmed by the club, but it it's from a pretty reliable source. Um, yeah, Bristol well, Bears. I mean, I, I would say they're occasion they're, they're they're often reliable, often unreliable. However, the, the 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 photographic evidence of the brochure of their kit looks pretty compellingly accurate. Mm. I'm not sure about the kit. I have to say, it's better than the last, than last year's efforts. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's got it's got like they're doing away with the blue and white hoops if this is true, and they're going for a blue to red fade. It looks a little, fade. It looks a little bit like the France away. I don't like that fade. No, I don't. Like I do. Any pre- fading I prefer their hoops are kind of classic Bristol, aren't they? Also? They are, but somehow they—I don't know how they butchered that. Yeah, that kit last year. I mean, was it last year? No, the last time they were in the Premiership. It's just horrendous. But we've seen yeah, the fade. Be- we've seen the fade before with the Saracens. They had the red and black, and yeah. then the oh, grey and blue like fade. It just looks like they have their shorts pulled up. Yeah, excessively yeah. high. Yeah, really great. not cool. Um, but uh, Bristol Bears, what do you think? Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what I think. Which is, if you Google uh, Bristol Bears. Uh, you get this picture. Um, I'll find it. I'll find it for you now. Uh, now, uh, I know we're all very, very progressive, but is it really? Oh, I know where this is going now. Yeah, <laughs> this is an actual thing. <laughs> so, Bristol Bears is the Bristol Bear Fiesta. Is um, it was well, a fiesta for gay men to meet on the beach? Well, no, not not well. Yeah, gay men. But, yeah, no, it but actually partic- says gays only. Mate. It says yeah, well, no, no, but it's particular. No, I mean it's particularly celebrating the. Larger, hairier, husky men. Husky men. I don't know if I'm down with my lingo. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, right. I guess right. it's better than the best the, than the Bristol Twinks, isn't it? So, <laughs> I mean, I just don't. Why? Why? It's also sorry? Bristol Bears is also the name of the Bristol wheelchair rugby side. Is Not, it? I mean, it's just such a. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's no heritage with bears. I mean, <laughs> literally, one of the first things that I thought of was that you know. Using it in the term which Tim has just uh, has just mentioned, I, I don't know why you do it. Uh, me neither, to be honest. Well, I mean, so I was, I was looking at this, and, and he, oh, here's our badge. Oh yeah, it's just a bear's head. It's just a bear's it? head. Just a normal. It's like Chicago Bears, right? Oh no, yeah, that's the C. Um, oh no, the, yeah, Chicago the, have the bear and the C. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's pretty much like that. Um, so I was I was looking at it, and I'm I'm not. I get it from a marketing point of view. I, I get oh, it. Yeah, because Bears sell so much better than Bristol RFC. <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, the bit because I, mean, I don't actually get it from a marketing. No. What is wrong with Bristol rugby? Yeah, and also, 
Here's the other thing. Have they not used Google before rebranding? I mean, have they just gone to the most naive... Have, have they used, like, I don't know, um, I'm just, uh, um, some sort of, like, more, like, Mormon advertising agency, <laughs> which wouldn't have any clue about this? Well, so I, I get having a mascot and a brand. Uh, by the way, that has been their mascot this year. Brizzly Bear is their mascot. Right, So okay. I wonder if they got the idea from that or whether it was like a, well, just this year we'll do the mascot, and next then... year we'll do the rebrand. Well, so I don't mind that. Having the mascot is fine. Having Brizzly Bear is quite a clever name for a, for a mascot. Brizzly Bear. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. But I don't get changing the name from Bristol Rugby with a bear mascot. All mascots. Mascot are... to Bristol Bears. All mascots are stupid. I quite like mascots, but then by that, I mean they, they, they are, are stupid. They are, aren't they? they are inherently stupid. They're yeah, more they they're, they're for kids, but they're quite. They can them. be quite. Do, do they like them? I yeah, don't they do. Like they them. do. I've got one in like years ago when I was the sale um, match day host thing pitch announcer. You used to like welcome on Sharky. Well, please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Sharky, and all the kids would scream. They all want to get their pitch taken with him. Sharky and what, what's the other one called? Finley. Finley, that's it. Okay, well, <laughs> so but, but no, I'm, I'm getting this. I, I I get it from a marketing point of view. Uh, the old-fashioned rugby badges, though I love them, are do look old-fashioned. Good and yeah, I, I know, but I guess actually they don't need to get the old-fashioned fans. They don't need to convince them to come to Bristol. They're not going to. They're not going to stop coming because they've got a bear badge on on there instead of the old one with the horses and the whatever else it is on that Bristol. Yeah, badge. unicorns, unicorns, yeah. serpent, and scales of justice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so over the top, isn't it? And but, some kind of castle. <laughs> scales <laughs> of justice. You're a rugby club. <laughs> <laughs> but in the Avicii Premiership, we have we have the Tigers. Now that's I think that's a good example. You look at their badge. The Leicester badge has changed significantly. Yeah, it has. not for the better. I might add. Well, you could you could definitely argue that. But the t- what I like about that is Tigers was a nickname for them. Long before the rebrand, it, it came yeah. out of somewhere. Uh, wasn't it something to do with India? I don't know. Was it just the stripes, the colours, and the stripes? Yeah, I've got a feeling it's something to do. With Mate, you might be right. I don't know. Tigers fans, but then, help us out. So on, on that, you've got the the new Tigers head badge, and then you've got the old crest with lovely. That's more like it. Two tigers, a dragon. Uh, Knight a helmet, yeah, uh, a white. These white, are so much. I mean, a white actually, rose. Interestingly, when you start looking at the badges more closely, you realise how brilliant they are. Yeah, yeah. And you know these new ones. So here, here's something to cause outrage across the land. It's not only Bristol doing this. Allegedly, Gloucester are going to do it too. We're going to be the Gloucester really? Lions. I was going to say because there's only two left because we've got tigers. If this happens, bears, sharks, falcons, and wasps. They're the animal ones. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, Warriors, Saracens, they're the fighty types. Yeah. And then you go... No, 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 they're the cultural appropriation ones, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And then, well, apparently Saracens was to do with... The Crusades. Uh, Yeah, no, but it was because their rival club were the... Knights or... The Knights, something like that. Well, that makes sense. Crusaders. Oh, Freemasonry? Um, (laughs) Was it... Lions? No, I don't know. Knight, like, it was it Knights Templ- Templar that went off fighting the, against. There's some reason why Saracens are Saracens, and it's to do with they were the op- they were the rival club of another team who were called, and I think it was like the Saracens and the Crusaders. It was something yeah. like that. That makes sense. Well, there are Saracens and Crusaders in Bristol. I'm sure there's Bristol. Sar- yeah, there there is definitely Bristol Saracens and Dings Crusaders. And then the other three we have are Quins, Saints, and again Saints was the nickname which was 
they were known as that for years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Irish. <laughs> yeah, Quincy's Irish. So the only two we haven't got are Gloucester and Bath. You say Gloucester are going to do this, are they? Gloucester do Gibbons? The... <laughs> 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 just, just, just going back to the... Uh, you said you had the fighty types, the Saracens, the Chiefs... Uh, and the Saras- uh, and Warriors. Warriors. And then the non-fighty types, the Saints, the Harlequins, and the Irish. But do the Irish not cross both, uh, <laughs> both categories? <laughs> careful, careful. Be very careful. Um, uh, I, was, I was thinking of... Um, oh, yeah. So the best badge, I think, is actually the Hartlepool badge. You, have you seen that? Uh, I, I have seen it, but I can't remember. Are they still a club? I, I don't know. West they, Hartlepool. They'll, yeah, there'll still be a... There is Their badge is a hanging monkey. Oh, the monkey hangers, that's right. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's still the mon- it's still a hanging monkey, but it definitely used to be that. But what, the, the, the hanging monkey story was... Is that, that's what they, that's what happened. So the the story that I've been told, whether this is right or wrong... Monkeys got imported or something. No. No. So it was a ship that was uh, had lost its crew for whatever reason, and there was a monkey on board. Uh, it washed up in Hartlepool... And no one from Hartlepool had ever seen a Frenchman before. So they, they, they assumed the monkey was what French people looked like and hanged. And because it couldn't speak English, they, it, that, that confirmed... It's definitely French! It's French! That confirmed it was French. So they hanged the monkey as a, a French invader. Bloody hell. And if it was like... No, that, that is probably complete nonsense. So please write to us at Rugby Podcast and correct that, that So what are Gloucester going to be then, story. do you know? Uh, lions. Gloucester Lions. Yeah, that's a li- So I wonder, right, Lions. if uh, some of this has got to do with our first story, which is Gallagher and America. the Americanisation. Uh, you know, easy to understand franchises, that kind of thing. Mm. Because, you know, it's, it'd be a lot easier to sell uh, the Bristol Bears to an American audience rather than the Scales of Justice, a castle, an emu, and whatever else is on the badge. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's what I think. There's more people that aren't current rugby fans that that these clubs want to get on board and the image of rugby as stuffy upper class yeah old fashioned all the things we like yeah, yeah, all, yeah, well, which, yeah. which are elements we love um, <laughs> inaccessible elitist but I think I think and I understand it I think they from, it is it might be it might make it more accessible for some it yeah. will definitely be unpalatable. It will def- definitely be unpalatable for many. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's kind of unpalatable for me in the same way that uh, like English rugby wants to be accessible. It doesn't work. You know, they they start up a community thing called hits. It's just pa- you know they put like a Z on, on on the end of it. It's just patronising <laughs> nonsense. And then they do the whole stadium with this urban font. I mean, why? <laughs> no one's convinced that you've graffitied your um, your stadium to say yeah. World Cup 2018 or whatever it is. England have something, don't they, as well. There's an England rugby one, and there's something else like another statement. Yeah, I, with the hashtag. Yeah, but carry them home. Like, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing where it's just been graffitied on the wall. So stupid. <laughs> like, do it, might as well do it in comic sans. Times New Roman, please. So, if that's right and Gloucester do it, then the only club that don't have one is Bath. So I was thinking, what would they be? But because the obvious one would be Bath Romans. Yeah, it would. And I don't know if that makes you feel of um, like. Orgies rather than the, the than the warriors, <laughs> the old the Ulster Romans, <laughs> um, yeah, or the lions because their mascot is actually a lion. It's actually a lion. Well, so, he's, he's a lion dressed as a Roman, mm. which is an interesting combination. It is, isn't it? There's all sorts going it's, on there. It's uh, 
it's a tough creature to deal with. Yes. It's a it's a an armor clad lion with a sword and a French, shield. Frenchman. Maybe that's why Gloucester are going first. They're just going there's there's only so many apex predators left. Let's get one. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's a good point which apex predators are left for the clubs to choose from. Um, there's not many, is there? Eagles? Y- yeah. Eagles, yeah. Bath Eagles. Bath Eagles. Mm. Uh, 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 no. Uh, they should stay as Bath. Uh, it's it's, uh, it, it's quite fitting that Bath are the last club to to have a nickname. I like that. That makes me... Yeah. That, that, that's the most Bath thing to do, to defy the nickname thing. Mm. Good. Here we go. List of Apex Predators beginning with B. Uh, black-headed Bushmaster. <laughs> A blood is that not a that's a Pokemon, right? <laughs> a blood python. Ooh, the Bath blood pythons. Uh, Bornean. Hang on, clouded is a blood python like a euphemism? <laughs> Surely. <laughs> well, it would fit right in with the Bristol bears. Bears <laughs> versus blood, blood, blood pythons. What will happen? Oh, we know what's going to happen. We know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Bornean clouded leopard. Brown bear. Mm. Burmese python, another euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> right, enough, enough. We're, we're 19 minutes in. We're not, not discussing right, a no, stitch of rugby. Right, well, let's, let's, well done, well done, guys. Good plotting. <laughs> let's do a little bit of that then. So the the it's all about that. This is the most exciting crescendo to an Avicii season I can remember. Yes, it's very very good. It's, I mean, it's the same teams in similar positions for the top three at least. They seem to have all got there through a completely different route, though. Yeah, and yeah, it's there's still so much on the line. Mm. Yeah, well, it's because it's so close. From uh, well, three down to seventh, really, are all still in the game, still in the hunt. <coughs> yeah, uh, just super well, close. All, yeah, all to play for. All, all to play for. All to play for. Um. And yeah, and some of the fixtures coming up as well, because 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 of course Leicester have t- uh, have Newcastle next week. I mean, surely oh, that's wow. going to pretty much seal it, right? Well, Newcastle win seals it for them. Yeah, go on then. Before okay, so we'll get into next week's games in a second. But I, I've I've well, just, not next week, the week after. Week after, games. sorry, in two yep. weeks they get back. So I've just on the back of a scrap bit of paper here, I've scribbled out how it's going to finish. So Exeter currently have seventy five points. Yeah, they play Sale at home in round twenty one. Yeah, I've got them winning uh, five points uh, in that, and they play Quinns away in the last game. I've got them winning four points in that, which five, makes yeah which, four or five. Which means Exeter will finish the, the league season on eighty-one points in first position. Saracens okay. currently on sixty-seven. Go away to Irish, they'll get full five points, and they're home to Gloucester, they'll get the full five points. Seventy-seven points they finish on in second. Wasps sixty-one points. Home to Northampton, that'll be a four-point win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're away to Newcastle. I've got them losing with a bonus point. 66 points. Yeah, I can go with okay. that. Newcastle are on 59. They have Leicester away. I have Newcastle getting one point. Yeah. And Wasps winning with four points at the end of the season. 64 points. Leicester, currently on 57, will beat Newcastle in uh, two weeks' time. Four yep. points. They've still... I, I, I still think Leicester... They, they might well end the season thinking... If we manage to convert a couple of those four-point wins into five-point wins, they've got the lowest number of bonus points, I think. Oh, okay. Certainly of the top sides. Um, yeah. They have their equal with Worcester in terms of bonus points, yeah. uh, as seven as joint last. Yeah, and Sale away, one point they'll get from that, meaning Leicester will finish fifth with 62 points. Gloucester Ooh. will beat Bath, four points. Lose to Saracens, zero points, and will finish fifth, uh, sixth. sorry. And Sale will lose to Exeter with zero points, beat Leicester... 
and sixth with 58 points. That's how it's finishing. Hear me now, believe me later. Uh, Ooh, so Newcastle make the top four. I think they. I think yeah. I think so. I, I'm di- I'm not with Tim on this. I think Newcastle could and probably will win against Leicester ne- next week. Well, the the Leicester. So it's it's at Welford Road. Obviously, the performance from Leicester at Welford Road left a little bit to be desired. It yeah. did. And they really did. They had a lot of territory and a lot of possession. They were dominant, but they couldn't execute, and they gave away some really soft tries. But but I mean, I am kind of discrediting Northampton there because they were very good from the very good. They're probably the the best game I've seen them play all season. And if you were a Saints fan, would you? Would that? I mean, that that will in the very short term that will mean you had a very good weekend. You did the double over Leicester, win, yeah. win, win a Welford Road, brilliant. Let's have an open top bus tour down the Wellingborough Road for that alone. <laughs> but then also, you're saying, well, you just did that. Yeah, well, yeah. it's who they did it with. That's the, that's the important part. Because there was no Hartley, there was no Jamal Ford Robinson, there was no, I don't think Brooks played. Um, yeah, Paul Hill started. Yeah, um, there's no Laws. There, I mean, they had basically a whole, a whole team out not playing, or a whole pack. So it was, it was a very impressive win. It it was a very impressive, and, and so I was watching this. This was the one game I kind of watched live while I was building some uh, some furniture. Um, their captain Rob Horn mm-hmm. on the day, one of their best players all season. In fact, I'd probably go as far as to say their best, their only and, good player. No, I wouldn't say that, but their best and most consistent. Because someone yeah. like Courtney Laws has been amazing at times, but he's been unavailable. Usually not in a Northampton shirt. Due to, to be fair. Oh, he played some. He played some great stuff earlier in the season, but yeah, not consistently. But, but um, Rob Horn, captain on the day, one of the best players. The very first interaction of the game, yeah, you're right. He knocked himself out. The, yeah. the very first, the, the second. So I thought that is it. Like the guy who was clearly wanting to lead from the front went in for a big hit on Calamaphone. He got his head slightly in the wrong place and was taken to hospital, which is yeah, awful. he's still there now. Awful, awful injury it looked so, like. Yeah, so, it, it it was described as a serious head injury. Yeah. Northampton have released a statement, I believe, saying it's an arm injury. Or, it, or I think it's I think it could be both. So, By the yeah. way, on that one, Cipriani played this weekend. Yeah. He's fine, wasn't he, mate? Yeah. That's, that was phenomenal. And and Wasps said as quite rightly that, that their players will as they will, of course, go through the, the full protocol. So he was yeah. fine. But he looked in a really bad way. So equally, I hope Rod, Rob Horn is equally as okay as Cipriani. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that is, that's a really good example, I guess, of the inconsistency of concussion. Because you've got some people who, who... Some incidents where you can recover almost in, immediately from it. And others where you've got someone... It, just this week, it's been reported of mm. um, Dylan Hartley, who's still getting recurring symptoms from the England Island game. Really? Yeah, which was a month ago. Bloody hell. Um, let's talk about a different game. Okay. Let's talk about... Uh, let me see. No, actually, let's let's talk about um, a, a game which really meant a lot. Did anyone see Leinster Treviso? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Here it. Here we go. I saw the Leinster team, which even though they rested an entire 23, it was still a superb side. <laughs> yeah. It's frightening. It's, it still had... It, it was... The very definition of a, a second team. It was. It's still, as we've said before, Leinster can uh, field two second teams, or two teams that are, have 
international caliber. Um, and so let's take nothing away from Benetton no, absolutely. To, to go to JB's beloved Benetton to give them Thank that full, full title. To go to Dublin is never an easy place to travel to. It was brilliant uh, seeing how much it meant to them, the, the, yeah. way, the way they reacted at the final whistle. Well, uh, um, apparently, one of the biggest days at the club ever was narrowly losing to Toulon. So to go to Dublin and get <laughs> and, a win, and win. huge. And yeah. they have a sniff at um, a, a, a decent league finish, right? It's them or, them or Ulster. Kind of, kind of. So the situation, well, the situation is that the first Italian team to beat Leinster at their home ground, they it's the first time that an Italian team has broken the 50-point barrier in Pro 12, Pro 14, and it's the first time that they've won more than 10 games in a season. Yeah. I, I, I keep meaning to look back. I wonder how many seasons you'd have to add together of Benetton playing in the Pro 14, Pro 12 as it was, for them to get to 11 wins. <laughs> Quite a few, and I don't think they're done yet. I think they've got one, one, one more game. Um, now I'm confused about international, uh, about European qualification. They do automatically go through to the Champions Cup, don't they? Because they're one of two. No, it's, not anymore. It, it's changed this year. There was complaints about because they were kind of weakening one of the groups ah. historically. I might add. Yeah. Um, so they've changed it, so it is the top in order. So there's no guaranteed spots for anyone. Oh, that's a shame. That's a real shame. Well, it will mean that you won't get a sit. Well, you shouldn't get a situation where one pool in the Champions Cup is you, you. You sort of hope to be in the Italian side's pool. You do, yeah. But although it didn't work out for, did we get two this year? Um, was it Scarlet? It was Scarlet and Toulon, but so Toulon and Scarlet. Yeah. Both came. So again, two sides came out so of the Italian. Yeah, I mean, pool. they yeah. didn't do so well in Europe. If no. you just look at the points, but they were seconds away from beating. Uh, both Toulon and Scarlet. Yeah. Bath failed to get a bonus, bonus point. point at home. At home, so yeah. Yeah, they they really are a good team. It, it does. Fit. I, I like. I, I'm glad it's a meritocracy. And if Benetton earn the right to be there, then they've earned the right to be there. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't realise it had changed actually. Definitely. And they're still in European competition. Yeah, and it, 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 it. To be honest, it might actually be a better thing. We were only speaking last week or two weeks ago about the difficulty of playing in Europe and what it, how demoralising it is. I uh, say Europe. Playing in the Champions Cup, how demoralising it is for your team to be travelling to Clermont or La Rochelle or Toulon. A bad seed. Oh yeah. If you're not, if you're not really quite good enough to be there, yeah. And then, then you're the last seed. You get mm. the group of death. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it might be a blessing in disguise that. Uh, and part of the reason Benetton might not manage to make a, a playoff spot will be because there's been a, a mini resurgence at Ulster. <laughs> well, two games on the bounce. Yeah, it's better than we've done for a while. Uh, I haven't, I haven't actually looked back to see the highlights of the uh, Ulster, Ulster Ulster's incredible eight nil victory over the Ospreys <laughs> with with a, a penalty in the first five minutes. Who played number six for Ospreys? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Do you know? No, Alan Wynne Jones. Did, Did he? he? Yep, yeah, first time in a decade that, he, that he's played six. Wow, fair play. <laughs> yeah, this 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 was one to miss. Yeah, first five minutes score a penalty, last five minutes score a try. That's it. <laughs> no, no scoring. Apparently, it wasn't a bad game, uh, but I've I've not caught up on the highlights because I, th- I imagine they'd be quite. Jim Malander rumored to be going to Ospreys. Uh, no, to Ulster. To Ulster. He's rumored, he's he's linked to that one as yeah. well now. 
Is he? <clears throat> I, sorry, I've heard the rumour of him to Ulster. Right. Heard, I heard the one of him to Ospreys. But it would be oh, right. Again, I, I'm only just seeing what I've read elsewhere. I'm, this, is so, no, this is no personal insight yeah. at all. So it would be utterly insane, right, if Ireland, with all their coaching talent, and they've got loads of it, and all their talent, go and pick an Englishman for the Ulster job. In the same way it was insane that they appointed Les, Les Kiss. Kiss right? and John O'Gibbs. Go and get... Go, go and promote someone. Go well, and if, get... if it had been another year down the line... Or maybe two years down the line, Ronan Agara. Yeah, he's got to be, yeah. the, he's got to be the next. But he, yeah, head I, head coach. I bet also probably would have, or certainly individuals would have looked at pushing him to that. I think it's right for him not to look at for it yet. Mm. I think he wants to. He's got to. He's doing it exactly the right not, way. I'm not saying he couldn't turn it around. He's also not the sort of coach that they need. He also needs some, someone like a Richard Cockrell type director of rugby, <laughs> rather than Ronan Agara. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cocker's like, has done a great job at uh, yeah. Edinburgh. And it's not like Ulster can't play rugby. They need hard forwards, and so maybe they need a little bit of an attitude change. Then maybe, maybe Mallinder's not that bad. Maybe Mallinder just became stale. Uh, in, oh, and in now Dorian West is available too. No, West and Mallinder. <laughs> no, no. Give me, give me, give me the two Mallinders. I'll take them. Wow. I'll take uh, Harry. <laughs> but on the in the same vein, it would be insane. If Wales decide to go and appoint a Kiwi or some such thing for the Ospreys job, I mean there are very few Welsh coaches. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually, come, come to think of it, who is the guy taking over Cardiff? Is he Welsh? I'm sure he's got an Australian background. I can't even tell you who's taking. So over obviously, P- uh, Pivok is, is um, Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah. And you got Jackman, who's Irish. Yeah. Jackman might be a, a guy to <clears throat> go for for Ulster. Not so sure. Anything's uh, all right. Um, That's interesting. So, how many how many English coaches are there? Uh, directors of rugby or head coaches, whatever the role is, um, in the Avicii Premiership three. now? Three, isn't there? Yeah. Dimes, Baxter, and um, Richards. Dean Richards. Dean Richards. Oh, else? well, and um, Kingston. King. Yeah, I was going to say Harlequins don't have one, but it was Kingston, and I yeah. assume. Unless Nick Evans or Adam Jones have taken that role, yeah. it'll be Roundtree or Easter so, or Mapletoff. I don't really have as much of a unless problem. he's gone as well. I don't really have as much of a problem with <clears throat> Premiership clubs appointing foreign directors of rugby because the Premiership clubs are independent en- um, entities, yes. whereas the regions and the provinces they're just pathways up to, up to international. Teams. I agree, and I, I, the coaching pathway is an important one. It's an interesting balancing act because you also know that you're... I mean, look at Scarlets. Would Wales have been looking as as rosy as they are now with the World Cup just over a year away were it not for Scarlets, which no. has been masterminded by Wayne Pivak? Yep. yep. And then implemented by the excellent Warren Gatland. I mean, yeah. and, and you have got Wayne Pivak, very experienced, very good, and you've got Stephen, Stephen Jones, Jones, Mark Taylor... Say. Yeah. Both working. So under I him. think the reason that Wales do this with the New Zealand coaches is because the Welsh doing playing rugby and coaching rugby in Wales is so toxic. The environment is so toxic. <laughs> they just get somebody from outside yeah. you, you, from out, from outside the area, completely completely clean clean slate, and let them get on with it. Yeah, and a, a very important thing for the national team. If you're only focused on national team, you do need strong regions. Mm. Uh, it's 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 going to be interesting. So, go, going back to your beloved Benetton, uh, the stronger that those Italian teams get, the better it's got to be for Italian yeah. rugby. 
Like, there's no pathway for all the clubs around Benetton to feed into Benetton. There was very little pathway before, well, to get to Benetton up to the national team. There's yeah. not much communication. As now, soon as you get that, yeah, that consistency, that quality of coaching and new ideas and players experiencing new ideas, new ways of doing things, exactly like Pivac at Scarlet's. Pivac! It's, it's, I always think, think of the of the <laughs> But it's a pivot, yeah. Uh, and but Jonathan Spratt, of course. But it's, oh, it's, yes, of course. it's good. I mean, do you know what? It's good for English rugby. If Jim Mallinder goes to Ulster, Richard Cockrell's at Edinburgh. That's great for England it's prospects. Good. And Stuart Lancaster, obviously. Stuart Lancaster in in, in Dublin. Well, the, well, and Andy Farrell, of course. You say him, Andy Farrell, Andy yeah. Farrell, yeah. yeah. So these guys are going to come back across the water yeah. at some point. They're going to they're come Edwards back. Is another one who's obviously with Wales right. at the moment. That, that, he's been named. He's been named. Do you think he can be a head man? For, I know he's head, he was head coach of Wasps, wasn't he? I Yeah. Didn't he win the uh, European Cup 2007 Was that Wasps? not with Gatland? Yeah. I think I think it's... he won it again with, with Sean Edwards. Yeah, so I can never really get what goes on there. It's always been like Sean Edwards has been number two to Gatland. Obviously, he's... Yeah, he probably was still Gatland's team, Gatland's mould with Sean Edwards in head charge. Coach, maybe, but then yeah. when Gatland went, I'm sure Sean Edwards carried on as yeah, coach. Maybe, for maybe. So all these guys, the, the lure of that rose is going to be too great for them to stay away for too long. So brilliant. I, I think it's all good. Um, on that one, just just staying in Ireland, a brief mention of um, Ulster releasing Paddy Jackson and Stuart Olding. It's, it got reported in some places as sacked, but oh, that, that, sacked. that's an that's an unfair. No, I think they're contra- the terminology I read. I did see sacked somewhere. I think it was in the, in the independent. Their contracts were revoked. That now, sounds like sacking to me. It do- yeah, I, I imagine Wh- they've been paid way. up to the end, and they've just said you can go now. I'm not sure. It, it, it might not have been because if it's Gro- there, there will be. So having <laughs> gross misconduct. I mean, yeah, you know. there will be some pretty stringent um, rules within the contracts yeah, their so. professional contracts around their conduct yeah so that's fair I, I would imagine this would breach that and they, their contracts uh, can be terminated I also imagine Bank of um, Ulster was it Bank of Ireland yeah uh, lots yeah, of lots Bank of, of um, might, wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted to be associated and money talks in these situations and so, and both yeah. both, apparently, apparently both of those had real a real say in this mm. which is a little bit worrying actually well, now I, originally I was kind of against. I was very much for those two not playing for Ulster. Mm. As, an, as an Ulster fan, Paddy Jackson is the best ten. He's the second best ten in Ireland. He was the best ten in Northern Ireland, certainly. But I was still very much there. Is they they've done? Uh, there's been too much, too many issues and too much water under the bridge for those two to play for Ulster again. So I was very much for them getting out. I was originally not for the club sacking them. But kind of the point that you made, Jay, about uh, they have brought the club and the game in, yeah. into disre- disrepute. Whether it's whether they originally intended those uh, WhatsApp messages to be private, unfortunately, they were not. They everything came out, and I think it's the right thing for both Ireland, Ulster, and I actually think it's the right thing for the players. Yeah. yeah. So, and according to the Times, Paddy Jackson to Claremont. Which is, from a rugby point of view, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, from a money point of view, even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to pick up some serious cash. Yeah, and from from Claremont's perspective, yeah, they, like they, like ev- everyone in from those isolated even, <laughs> stakeholders wins. Yeah, I mean, here you go. You get a twenty-eight-year-old international fly half 
Um, I, think he, I think he's younger than that as well. He's 27. 26. You know what's frightening? George North had his 26th birthday this week. I know. Happy birthday, George. Twen- only 26. Over 70 caps. Um, Incredible. Yeah, so you get a fly-off, international class, young, and guess what? He doesn't leave for the international period. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, an olding, you think, too? He doesn't even want to go home. He's not going to get homesick. He's going to make a new life for himself. Yeah, twenty six. He turned twenty six two months, three months ago. Now, I was I was quite Pretty surprised odd. to see this. Some people have suggested Stuart Olding is has been linked with the Chiefs. So I think the one that makes sense is Paddy Jackson to Chiefs, and if Exeter want a wholesome, sorry, if yeah, also want a wholesome good guy to steer the ship for a couple of years till they sort sort it out, they take Steenson. That, it's, that's it's a not, dream move for everyone. That's not a bad shout. The problem is Baxter's wholesome image. Well, yeah. Well, also, you know, Steenson's kind of lost his lost his job at the moment to Simmons. Uh, yeah. So you go forward with Simmons with the insurance policy of Jackson. That'd be a great move. But equally, like exactly as you mentioned, the, the due diligence and everything, and the um, that Rob Baxter takes, and how seriously he regards the. The way that the club is viewed, yeah, I, I, I'm, I was really surprised I mean, to see Stuart Olding linked with him. Yeah, I mean they don't care that much, do they? Because they get all sorts of flack for being called the Chiefs, and they carry on regardless. <laughs> you know, so but that that's nonsense. That's isn't no, it? that is nonsense. That. It's hilariously nonsense. <laughs> as all the, as all the people that cite these arguments, um, <laughs> the the other club is Sale um, for Olding for Olding. I think um, Olding would be a good signing for anyone. Yeah. I I kind of think, again, for the players, they're better getting out of the English-speaking world. Completely yeah, Japan agree. or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. What's South Africa? Jaguars? Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I would pay to play at, at Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Well, you pay us, yeah, yeah. Jaguars who beat uh, early season leaders, the Rebels, in Australia mm. this weekend. We Squad. thought We thought the Aussie resurgence was on, but... Yeah, maybe not. Rattling Flat- off again. Flattered to deceive. Yes. Uh, who saw the sale game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched. I, I watched the, ha- the full highlights. I, I only watched the second half That's live. That's got to be game of the season. I oh. mean, it's right up there. It was. It was. It was enthralling. It was. Um, uh, another thing, just to confirm, anyone who's going away at any point, the BT Sport app works abroad. Yeah, for a, live games. That's a gem. You can't look at. You can't watch like video content. Should you, you said that? Live, because yeah. what if there's a bug and they now close that bug? They now close that loophole. <laughs> oh no, they they wouldn't have overlooked that. But anyway, you can maybe it's just in the EU. I don't know, but you can watch the live game on the app, which is oh, um, that's which a is gem, outstanding. Yeah, the amount of times that I need to watch rugby and I can't because I'm in some some tin pot country. Which does, and the thing is, like, <laughs> it's not like All right, Donald Trump. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but what gets me is it's not like it's widely available, and I'm you know, and I'm. Ripping someone off, I would happily pay a tenner. Yeah, to I know. Game, and you can't find it for level money, and then it's restricted. <laughs> so, my dad, this is last year. Um, his Sky, he wanted to watch. I think it was a United game. He wanted to watch it, and they only had um, it viewer to one box. They had two Sky boxes, but they had sports set up on one box, yeah. um, and that box was out of action. And after a, an angry phone call, he couldn't get. Uh, them to transfer it across on the other box in time so he paid for an entire 12 month <laughs> contract to get it set up that was the only way so 
Do you he, not get a cool off period or something that you can? Well, yes. Yeah. So he paid what he thought was going to end up being like, I don't know, five hundred quid <laughs> because it was a twelve-month full contract on this other box. Uh, and I was kind of very quickly when I found this out the next day, I explained that well, you could have just logged in on your computer to watch it. So I'll, I'll do that now, so that's set up. And also, there is no way that the whoever at Sky has sold you this has done this correctly. Exactly, because they they are trying to absolutely fleece you for five hundred quid. Yeah, so when I'm abroad, it is almost a case. I'm not saying money's no object, but it's very it's a very little consideration. I'd pay a lot of money to. You're watch. in that holiday mode anyway, aren't yeah. you? You're just yeah. spending you spending money. Oh, I, ten I, quid for a cocktail, whatever. Exactly. I'd probably pay up to thirty quid to watch a game. Well, it's, it's kind of what we normally do if we go to a pub. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll spend. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that, yeah. yeah. So that's my point. Not so much, I wonder how it works for rugby fans in America who want to go and watch it at a pub because not I, only do they have the money for the beers but there's cover charges whenever they play rugby. Is it? Do you, do you um, remember yeah, when we went the, to watch the, yeah. international games? Yes. When we watched England-Wales the, there was. The Wales for the internationals. 20 quid cover. We watched, no NBC we, do it, probably there isn't. We watched, uh, it was Ulster Scarlets at like 3pm on a Friday afternoon in an Irish bar in... Man- of course, it's the evening. Manhattan. What a day. What a day that was. It's a good day, that. So, um, anyway. That was when we played for the Bombers. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was I'm the day. Um, I've lost my train of thought, though. Yes. Let's talk about Sale versus. versus yeah, Newcastle. the the other big game. So, yeah, yeah. Leicester had a guilt edged opportunity to really take a massive step towards top four. They didn't. Newcastle held their nerve. What a, uh, what a fantastic game. I mean, on the one hand, it was a heroic comeback from Sale, but they lost that game with an abject 20 minutes. Yeah. Which, I, which well, was almost the same as the Wasps did. game. It was very similar yeah. to the Wasps game. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, what I really think happened. Not so much that Sale threw it away. I think Newcastle are mighty impressive going forward. Um, and particularly in that first 20. And I think maybe they're too impressive. And the stats sort of bear that out which is they score a lot of their points early on, and then the second half, they pretty much collapse in point scoring. Well, and and it's in, ter- in terms of when um, points are scored, Sale, more than any other team, scored just before or just after or just after half-time. Which is a good place to score. Interesting, yeah. Mm. Um, so, uh, I mean, Gar- oh, that's the that's other story. Gary Graham, what a player. Yeah, fair I enough. Never we, knew. We, we take it all back, Eddie. Yeah. Well, th- this is what Eddie Jones is very good at. It's picking guys. Identifying talent. Yeah, he picks guys out of you know from obscurity. Yeah, Jack uh, Maunder. For every yeah. Gary Graham, there's a Jack Maunder. Yep. Well, you know, he gave Matt Gitter his debut before he played a club game. Yeah, and he didn't turn out too bad. Yeah, Magic Gary... Marcus he saw as a 15 year old. Yeah, yeah. Like 15 year old. And he's probably the best player of a generation. <laughs> Certainly of his generation. <laughs> so, Gary Graham, yeah, I mean, that was a. <clears throat> That was a looked like a seasoned uh, Avicii player when it's actually it's only like what half a dozen starts in the Premiership even, or something. I think that might Since be like his moved fourth from, start or something from Jersey, wasn't it? Yeah, Jersey. So he, he looks a proper player. He's a, he played brilliantly. He's, he's absolutely a, brilliant. Yeah, I did feel sorry for uh, pa- uh, Paolo Paolo Adogwo when he had to tackle um, mm. Callum, Callum Green. Callum Green, yeah, Oof, that was a five horrible. yards out. Yeah, yeah. there's no way a falling over second row. Yeah. He had a bad, a bad ten minutes, you could say. So I've yeah. I've just looked up actually the so Russ Petty on Twitter, uh, he did uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, first half, second half winning within the Premiership. So this doesn't include that last game. Mm-hmm. But Newcastle uh, have won 11 of the first halves, only won four of the second halves. Interesting. So it, it does show how they come out of the blocks firing and then tire. Now, I don't know if it's a fitness problem or if it's a case that they play so fast and so loose to start with. I mean, it could be a bit of both, actually. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like With that kind of correlation, I'd put it down to fitness. Yeah. Um, I'll also say, if, if Joel Hodgson had his kicking boots yes. on, they'd have been out of sight. Yeah. That is very, very true. There again, um, I, it was never, I never felt particularly bothered watching the Newcastle game because they, was, they are susceptible to, to big carriers. And Sale have got a lot, a lot of big carriers, particularly in the, particularly in the back row. And if you're going to beat Newcastle going into, into the playoffs, I mean, they would have a nightmare against Saracens. I think they could take Wasps, but Saracens Exeter are going to absolutely chew them up. Yeah, Saracens away. Exeter. Well, yeah, this is so. Someone actually commented on Twitter to us today. Is it? Is there almost no point in having the semi-finals in the Avicii Premiership? Because Exeter and Saracens, whoever they play. At Sandy Park and, well, and the Aviva, yeah, yes, I- including Saracens themselves. When yeah, um, Exeter beat them. Yeah, uh, has any team ever won it from fourth? Saracens did a few years ago when Bath finished top, didn't yes, they? Yes, you're right. Did they? I'm sure they did. Bloody hell! So yeah, the answer is. Or Bath case. finished second. Yeah, 2015. I want to say. Yeah, so the answer is yes. There is a point in doing it then. Let me just check that. But yeah, yeah. I certainly think there's less teams that have won it from first than haven't. Yeah, probably. Well, it makes uh, sense. They're the best or, teams. Or have won it from below first. Mm. Le- sorry, less teams that have won from below first. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, I suppose there's three three teams for, for starters, which is going to... I don't know what statistical... Sig- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, the f- yeah, 2015 was when Saracens beat Bath in the final. And let me just get the table up. Saracens finished fourth. So mm. Northampton finished top of the the table in 2015. Is that right? Wow. God, what a fall. So Northampton, Bath, Leicester, one, two, three. None of those, possibly Leicester, but certainly Bath and Northampton are not even close. Well, it, wasn't it interesting listening to, um, what's his name's comments in the press this week? Tom uh, Wood. Tom Wood. He said that they down tools. I mean, yeah. I, mean I understand downing tools for... A week, but since 2015, <laughs> down tools in 2015. Uh, speaking of another club that have down tools. Oh my word! Uh, can I go on to Harlequins? You can. Yeah. After I tell you that I spoke to Steve Diamond for an hour on Tuesday. Okay. So uh, I'll, I've just got this one little thing to uh, talk about. One of the, one of the things Diamonds was uh, talking about was the academy kids coming through. Okay. So we've got 140 clubs in this area. Which all linked in in, in, uh, in in into sale. So that's basically every club in the northwest, really. Pretty much, yeah. It's one of the most rugby dense areas in in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're so confident about these lads coming through, they are considering what the future might be like for a transfer market for lads that they produce. Okay. Does that make sense? So, uh, basically. Uh, Training them up, doing some sort of apprenticeship, apprenticeship style thing, and then selling them to se- selling them to other people. Wow. Well, so I know that Sale introduced something a couple of years ago where they had 
uh, players signed up when they're about 16 that so say you're playing for I don't know Fylde or Preston Grasshoppers yeah you sign a, a very small contract with Sale when you're 16 if you go on to make a first team appearance for Sale then your home club get I can't remember it's, oh yeah, it's that, yeah. five or ten thousand pounds so you're kind of you're incentivized to do something good for your club by sticking with Sale yeah that's that that is exactly that is Which, exactly right it seems like quite a good it. little system that. These yeah, actually, do you know what? When um, I think disproportionately more England internationals have come from Lancashire as a yeah, county, loads, loads. tons, and with no one else around them, Newcastle in the northeast, which is less of a, a hub, but still has some has some rugby areas. Yeah, but particularly the northwest. Um, there's no contest, whereas I know that the the battlegrounds that have been drawn in the East Midlands yeah. and yeah. Uh, around street, the, the street London area, exactly the the battle lines that are drawn around who gets what and which school, and uh, they've just got free reign. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other thing was oh, just about the squad sizes. So yeah, we we can crack on. Well, uh, yeah, let's go on to another club that develops homegrown talent, mm-hmm. uh, Quins and. A club that, for me, seemed to have completely down tools. Now, I, I was expecting... So you often get the kind of... I thought it was going to be a backlash yeah, this, this week. The, the DOR bounce. If someone goes... Players are obviously unhappy for one reason or another un- under Kingston. And there's probably lots and lots of different reasons. But those reasons don't seem to have disappeared because players, based purely based on that performance, are still significantly unhappy. Uh, look, they um, they like heart. They, they like endeavour. Um, they don't like each other as a group. I mean, there's well, just so, so disharmony. That's where I am because you kind of think if everyone if everyone was focused on Kingston and Kingston was causing all sort of ructions, you take him away, everything else will at least superficially for the first few weeks months will seem rosy. Yeah, you've taken him away and everything based on that performance, everything is still as bad as it was two weeks ago, a week ago, a month ago. So it's not. This problem is it's a lot probably, more deep-seated than just it's Kingston. It's probably exacerbated it, because there'll be guys not changing who think Kingston shouldn't have gone. Yeah, probably. It's probably going to fracture the team even more. It doesn't matter at this point, because they can't go down. But, yeah, it's it's pathetic, actually. Well, I just look at it and think, what would um, all those Queens players should just almost go, what would Chris Robshaw do? Almost. <laughs> just. So, I would get rid of them all. Personally, I would keep Lang and I'd keep um, Magic Marcus. Magic Marcus. I might keep <laughs> Care and Robshaw uh, uh, as well for the transition. Just blow it all up and start again. But do you know what the real shame is? The real shame is they've done everything right. Like they've brought all their lads through from like a young age. Yeah. And so many aca- um, uh, 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 academy pro- products. They tried to do the right thing by uh, promoting from within coaching up their own coaches and it's gone wrong and that's the saddest part of the whole thing they gave Marler a couple of chances but then made an example of him yeah isn't Marler Yard yep. a couple of examples and made uh, a couple of chances and made an yeah, example brilliant. of him that's, that's the, I but, mean that, that that's I mean, kind of what you want they've done nothing yeah. really wrong and yet it's somehow such a disaster so it seems like there and this is this is me with absolutely no knowledge but kind of what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is there's a couple of cliques or maybe several cliques within the squad. Yeah. So what you need to do is kind of draw out the gang lines, look at the cliques, and then do a cost-benefit analysis of each one of those cliques. 
How much are we paying them? Uh, yep, How good. talented are they? How long of the season are they going to be missing for internationals? Because there's a, a lot of internationals within that squad. And then kind of... You you almost got to cut off one or two of the cliques. Just so, just let them go and start again with with those groups. So weirdly, what I heard it is is the cliques are based on the age groups that they came through the academy together. Really? Yeah. So like, how weird? Yeah. So like some lads, and also there's some lads in there who are really highly paid, and others who let's put it mildly or not very highly paid. And apparently that's that's a bit of a division too. But I kind of also think there's a lot of. Um, Sort of rumours flying around with Quinns. No one, no one really knows unless you're inside the camp. Yeah. No, I, I, and I just think some of these guys are going to look back in a few years' time and well, think, the, what were we doing? Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. we're professional rugby players yeah. with op- an opportunity to pull on that jersey and just behaving petulantly. Yes, that's exactly it. They'll look back and think, "What a waste of my, you know, two of my prime years with yeah. um, with with a great squad done the right way." That's exactly what exactly what they'll think. Yeah. So yeah, dis- uh, disaster, absolute disaster. Gloucester managed to get that five points, three tries in the last ten minutes. Bloody Jason <laughs> Woodward. Uh, Boy, uh, what I like about Gloucester, right, is when they've got everyone fit, particularly in the backs, they're all a little bit special. The two they cannot seem to get fit and not seem to get fit at the same time are probably two of their most talented players, and that's Woodward and Tom Marshall. Mm. Yeah, you're right. They, those two, they're both so talented. They, they've just got a load. Of, uh, they've just got a load of X factor. And uh, the other, I'll add that to the, probably their, their next or equally most talented player who cannot be fit is Trinder. And Atkinson, I think Atkinson's a marvelous player. He, he's at least more consistency with consistent with injuries though. Uh, he's about a lot of the early season with a hamstring, I think, and then. But the last few seasons, he's been available. Yeah, he's, he's not a he's not a Trinder or a Marshall. They walk a tightrope with with their guys, like you say. They're um, you can't rely on them to play week in week, week out. in week out. Yeah, certainly with those. Th- well, at least we three. confirm it's probably not their year this year. No, not this next year. Next year's looking very rosy. Next year. Yeah, next year. So this year, I mean, mathematically, they can make top four. They're three points off Newcastle, who are currently in fourth place. Um, it would be a big ask, particularly given the fixtures. Yeah, uh, they have to go to Saracens, is it? Yeah, the final day? Saracens for the final day. Yeah, so, so that's going to be a... It's not happening. Nil points. Uh, but yeah, next year. Next year's going to be Next gone. year, they want to be uh, pushing for top four. And they could be top four. They've mm. definitely got the talent for it. Yeah. And they've got the coaches for it now. Yeah. Um uh, Bath, who, who saw the Bath game? Yes. I saw a bit of it. Now, just what, seriously? I'll tell you what, there are... <laughs> so, Head scratcher. Is it? I mean, if you... If you look at Harlequins, and you say they've done all the things the right way to get to where they are, you can then take Bath and say <laughs> they have done all the wrong things yeah. in one season to get to where they are. Well, a Unfortunately, couple, a couple it's exactly the, same, exact, exactly the same place. Yeah, they are both... They're in eighth and ninth position, albeit Bath are ten points ahead of Harlequins in the oh, league table. You say they've done all the wrong things. Go on. Um, well, Bruce Craig's installed his mate as the, you know, as the, as the chief exec. They're signing players um, which Who, don't fit the 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 DOR's vision. Um, who's signing the players is a question for me. Yeah, which is yeah. which is it's not only me asking that question because um, there have been some odd. Mid, uh, I say odd. There's been a lot of mid-season signings. But then, when I got on a 
on a BT Sport game, I forget who Bath are playing um, at the rec. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I said to Todd Blackadder, so the rumours of Lee Halfpenny, he was absolutely adamant. He said, that will not be happening. I don't know where these rumours are coming from. It will not be happening. So it sounded like he was he was certainly behaving like the man who was making the decisions. Um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, it sounds from what you've said, like, definitely, actually. Uh, but, you know, there are other signings which don't really make much sense, do they? like Jamie Roberts. I mean, Jamie Roberts is probably not a, a, a Todd, a Todd Black, Black, Blackadder signing. And on the other side of that is losing Benny Taps to Harlequins. Harlequins have got m- the much better side of that trade. Much better. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I, I, I like. I think Jamie Roberts has been playing some good stuff for Quinns most of the season. But he's season. older, isn't he? And yeah, yeah for what? And he's when you've got guys like Rocco Dagoony and Jonathan Joseph and Anthony Watson outside your twelve, you want to get them the ball. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Doesn't exactly fit what they're trying to do. But then I would say that even if Rocco Dagoony was on, was on the side, it was in their team. It wouldn't have made a huge amount of difference the way that they've been playing because oh, it wouldn't. They're so conservative in the way they play. Well, just pre- kick the ball. They just yeah. kick it all the time. They have overlaps and kick it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just look at their recruitment. So their recruitment is one I always talk about, like all the mid-season signings, which you know, apparently are out of necessity. But I don't see anyone else doing but, it. But I'm, I'm calling it over and above the personnel. Just they're they're <laughs> set up in a way they're never gonna they're never gonna do anything because they just go out and. They just kick the ball all the time, and, it, and I, I felt a little bit. I mean, on the one hand, that's that's what happens when you lose your head and attack coach yep. early in the season, and also Todd Blackadder's mate and n- number two. That's, that's a huge thing. And then the second thing, I, I felt sorry for the coaches today because I don't think you can totally. I mean, apart other than being a little too conservative for my liking, I don't think you can lay all the or, or even. A huge chunk of the blame at the coach's door because the the amount of individual errors, uh, yes, yeah. from those Bath players, but, just mean, brainless. Like, what did you What do you expect if you throw them all together? I mean, they're like a barbarians team. But, um, we we are also in, if we're just talking about this game in isolation, we're overlooking the very big factor that is an incredibly motivated Saracens team quite who, right. who lost at the wreck earlier in the season. Yeah, you're quite right, and who had obviously dumped out of Europe um, a couple of weeks ago. And, 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 and at this point, had the result not gone their way, not guaranteed to get a top two. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't think... Bath were never going to get anything out of that game. They were never going to get a point out of that game. No, that's true. But they played even worse than I, they should have done. I don't think... Right, so here you go. I do not think that Todd Blackadder is going to get fired. Nor should he get fired. No. I do think there's a fairly strong chance of him walking up. Just walking away. I think it's a possibility. I don't. I He's don't think he. Sh- I don't think he should. Well, no, I definitely don't think he should. He's a good man. Quins are a good club. <laughs> he should walk out the door and, and go and go over to Quins into the snake pit. Yeah, exactly. Might, exactly. might as well go into South Wales. <laughs> yeah, go and take over uh, Ospreys. Enjoy, it. <laughs> Enjoy that. Um, what I want to see the the real thing for Bath. They've clearly got money to spend. Oh, yep. did he, did either of you see the? Yeah, I'll come on to that in a second. Clearly, got money to spend. I want Bath. I want um, Blackadder this summer to be spending some money and bringing some some big names and also some not some big names, but bring well, some bring guys, guys in. Yeah, bring some guys that he wants that he can manage and build a squad 
playing in a certain style. Yeah, and if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. And then you can be fired. But I don't think you can fire him for you know, what's occurring now. Yeah. Um, th- what I was, was going to come on to was, did either of you see the news on the Bath Stadium or the Stadium for Bath? Oh, go uh, on, no. Um, there was a, a kind of draft proposal put out this week, which was about a 90-page document, but I kind of flicked through the exec summary. Has, has the person living in the buildings behind the wreck who was blocking it died yet? Uh, Is that what's it, happened? It, it didn't mention it's been that. Overchecked. There was a lot, so it didn't actually. Topical <laughs> <laughs> JB. <Over-checked. laughs> the um, it didn't actually say very much. It said it said it made all the right noises. It said everything that you'd want it to say, which is that this is a World Heritage site. It's got to be uh, aesthetically sympathetic to the surrounding environment and the rich heritage of the city. But it didn't tell you how they're going to do that. It was just here is a, a kind of very loose draft proposal of what they want to do for a stadium going forward. Excellent. Well, the answer is you can't do it. Um, you know, and they ne- Why should they do it? That's the only thing. Just double your ticket prices. I mean, if you think, you've got double, <laughs> double, you, think you can double your crowd sizes, don't bother. Just make the ticket prices a, a little bit, bit more expensive. You don't have to have any extra security. There's no capital cost. You know, <laughs> and the bath lot look fairly well healed. <laughs> if you're living in Bath, yeah, you're probably doing all right. Raise, maybe raise, this is part of it because raise the ticket prices going, until crowds drop. And going full circle, they're not bothering with any of this corporate rebranding. They're going, look, we've only got the old-fashioned, yeah, uh, traditional rugby toffs. Yeah, they've got the best stadium in the world. I mean, they I love it. Have I the best stadium in the world. Right? Love it. Yeah. So with that in I mind, it. it should be such a privilege to go. They can charge sixty quid a ticket. You know, <laughs> that, that's that's how it should be. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to mention something else when it comes to money. Did you see the the Saris. table of Premiership oh, teams yeah. which have lost money? Oh, of course, and Saracens yeah. lost their backer. Well, yeah, or well, Nigel exactly. Ray has purchased the other half of the club. Has he actually bought it now? Yeah. I thought it was up for sale. I believe so. Well, whether it's up for sale or not is kind of it may well be, but he has acquired it uh, off of the South African. Yeah. Guys. And he's looking for another investor because they yeah, feel like they're all going the right way to profitability. Um, well, you say that they lost two point six eight million last year. Yeah, which I, I don't know off the top of my head what it was the year before. It feels like it is in the right direction. Well, the crowds but, are growing, that's for sure. Yeah, Alliance Park seems to actually be feeling like a rugby stadium though. They're looking to build the the stand that isn't uh, been developed yet as well. Yeah, so. That seems to be going in the in the right kind of direction. I, I think they'd be a fairly attractive uh, proposition. Mm. Ultimately, uh, the chairman have got to stop driving the clubs forward and let you know CEOs decide exactly how much to spend on wages and set the salary caps that, that way. Mm. Yeah, well, and this is the th- this is where it, it. I don't know. I there needs to be a little bit shrewder management because. When when more money arrives, when money is available, when players become available, that money is just getting spent in the competition. That the, the only thing that has gone up and up, because it's not profit that's gone down and down, except for Exeter Chiefs, who should be commended for being the only profitable yeah. well, uh, Avicii Rugby Club. The only thing that's gone up and up is the massive spiral upwards in player wages. So something which Steve Diamond said the, the, the other day. Dimes, dimes, two things. Well, kind of three things actually. One relating to squad size. The squad sizes in the Premiership are too are too big. If you have a big squad size and you're making them play contact in training, so on and so forth, you're going to get injuries. You need a big squad size. You lack cohesion, but it also costs you a fortune. 
Right, so yep. sale are built on a, fi- a 15 and a 15 plus plus two extras. 32 man squad size. That's it. Which is small. Di Young said he's going to have a 39 uh, squad next season. 39. Really? Uh, so you get more consistency, so, uh, so, uh, so on and so forth. But interestingly, when uh, pushed on the question about profitability, sale very nearly broke even last year, which is uh, which was staggering. This year they are the fourth or fifth most profitable club, or should I say team? <laughs> fourth Not, or fifth least loss-making club. Yes, ex- ex- <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, but he said, how can this be right when the clubs are combined losing £22 million a year, but the RFU is making in excess of 125 and they are providing all the players on the services? It's an interesting point, well, isn't no, it? Well, yeah, but also that's like shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted. Go on. Well, they've chose to spend that money knowing what the situation is. They've chose not to live within their means. And then saying when you're making a loss, oh, you've got a big pile of money there. I want some <laughs> to make up for this money yeah. that I haven't spent I, very well. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit. That's a, that's the, I mean, you're a man who believes in like market forces and capitalism. With, that's pretty poor. I am with you uh, yeah. for almost everything that you've said there, actually. But... Here's the other thing, and the clubs do have a good point. England don't own any of those players. All those players that make all all that all that money, England don't own them. They do pay them, but ultimately, it's all for the clubs to develop them and bring them uh, uh, bring them through. So they do have a point. Well, yeah, yeah, they do, and maybe the compensation uh, remuneration for the clubs for for the clubs for when they when England players play for them that that's a negotiation that that can happen. Yeah, that would be an interesting because I don't know. Do the clubs get anything? Yeah, they got uh, they got all sorts of things, like academy credits. Yeah, but no, yeah, but the academy credits is that not players just... get twenty five grand a game? Yeah, the players get twenty five grand a game. My understanding of the academy credits was that just gives them like additional headroom in the cap. In yeah, the, in their oh yeah, cap. they they're allowed to spend but, more of their own money. They exactly, don't, they don't get cash back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point actually. Um, yes, I don't I don't know the answer. I'm sure they do get money from the RFU, though. And, and do you know what? And in the close season, we can tie this all into a big conversation about the likely ring fencing scenario, which will be incoming in a couple of years, which will probably wrap up all of these different issues. Yeah. The, po- the point you made before reminds me, and I, I reference this book. It's a really good book. I reference it quite frequently. Soconomics. If you've ne- never read it, read it. It's probably a couple of years out of date. But one of the points they made they make in is professional football from the early 80s, or any point in history, to the 2000s, the turnover of clubs went up astronomically from a few million pounds to hundreds of millions of pounds turnover per annum. The only thing that changed, none of the clubs became more profitable, the only thing that changed was player wages for the same trajectory as clubs turnover. It, it was described in that book as simply the most efficient money to uh, most efficient way to funnel money to players good was the clubs which which is good but if there are if there are premiership clubs which are uh, now going back to rugby premiership rugby clubs which are consistently losing money to the overall detriment of their owners that's not a good thing because that, that that can't be a sustainable solution yeah well i mean I don't think many football clubs are, are profitable. They're not. Um, They're not. With the exception of United. But, dude, United have 700 people working here. <laughs> yeah. 700 people work for Manchester, Manchester United. And uh, Actually, that's probably permanent staff because on match days they'll get in all sorts of agency caterers yeah. and agency, agency staff. But it, it's, they, Soconomics does make another interesting point around that 
which is so no one who owns a, f- a football club a rugby club is independently wealthy through that club yes they all have peripheral businesses which are the main uh drivers of their wealth and there's a kind of tangential link between owning a sports club and the profitability of the businesses the peripheral businesses because everyone wants to do business with the owner of man united uh, Everyone wants to do business if you own Sarah, like, or certain people want to do business or, with you. Or you can't lock up an if you own if he owns Chelsea. Yeah, that's another <laughs> that's re- that yeah. instance. That is a scenario. It, exactly. Yeah. Oh well. So, so, yeah, it might we might be reading into the uh, negative profitability of rugby clubs a little bit too much, but mm. I don't know. I don't know. And and the South African selling uh, Saracens kind of. It does suggest there's an issue there. Hmm. Which club would you would, would you most want to buy? Oh, I could see myself living in Bath. I could see Bath being a nice club to buy. I think I'd go and buy RGC, obviously, <laughs> and I think I'd also buy Oldham Rugby League. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not far off the wealth needed what? to buy Oldham Rugby League. <laughs> I, I, I frequently, every time I go back and do a Bath game, I think I did. I, I've done. My, I've done my life back to front so far because I bought my first house in Bath. <laughs> did you? Settled in Manchester and. Uh, <laughs> And I'd never, and it was kind of, it wasn't the right time. It was people used to come and stay with me, and just we got to take them to town. They go, "Oh, this is gorgeous, it's beautiful. Look how lovely this is." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, kind of," but it wasn't really. I, I'd never lived in a big city, and it wasn't the right time. Manchester called, and I've had a great time here. But um, I can see myself settling down in Bath. Yeah. Ooh, so if, yeah. if I'm maybe retiring in Bath, so you're both going to buy Bath. We're both going to buy. Well, yeah, we're bidding more. Well, well, no, we'll form a consortium, Tim. Yeah, and you're then on. we can buy back. Yes. Only absolute chances for consortium. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, right. I'll t- maybe one thing that can lead on from we're having talked about uh, the sale Newcastle game. Gary Graham, uh, the player that Eddie Jones noticed, was on show at Kingston Park. Um, summer potential summer tourists on Eddie Jones's plane. John O'Ross. Yeah, as was reported, John O'Ross is on Eddie Jones's radar. Yeah. Big time. Big time. John O'Ross, who has only been in the country for nine months or ten months, something like that. Yeah. And has an English grandmother. Yeah. Um was apparently the first English speaking captain of the That's amazing. The Blue Bulls. That is absolutely amazing. Because he's not Afrikaans. He will also he be if he, if he becomes an English international, the most African English international. <laughs> Of all time as he well. He is incredibly African. I mean, there's <laughs> just no other word for it. Um, yeah, him and Faf are incredibly African. Tough cookie. Oh, yeah. He's a no, real... No, actually, Faf isn't that African, actually. <laughs> not compared to John O'Ross. What about Mike Cat? He was pretty African. Again, not compared to South John African. O- yeah, not compared to John, o- John O'Ross. I mean, it's, that, it's that, just that look of intense seriousness. Just menace, yeah. Total <laughs> menace. Yeah. Yeah, Menace uh, mixed with a bit of arrogance. Well, I did say at the start of the season, I think, that if um, Springboks were going to be picking players from abroad, he would definitely be in there. Definitely be in the mix. And it doesn't surprise me that it's with the Springboks change of policy, which has made the RFU decide, ah, do you know what, we'll, we, will, we will do something here, because he's a fine player. Well, made Eddie decide. Yeah. Yeah. He really is a fine player. Yeah, There's... no, no, I, I, I don't doubt that. Is, uh, do England need him? Like, like I don't know. It sort of makes me worried that suddenly John O'Ross is going to jump in and leapfrog Don Armand. <laughs> what does he do? I mean, that's what he kind of well, yeah sort of ask. And you've made an interesting point. He's very similar to um, 
Oh, well, what, who, who's the boy you meant for Leicester? Mike uh, Mike Will- well, he's a he's a better version of Mike Williams. He's, yes. a, he's a player that about three seasons ago or two seasons ago I thought Mike Williams could be. But then Don Armand is possibly the player that I. Yeah, I Don, Don, Don Armand's so a bit more athletic I, though, having, and rangy. Having had the pleasure of interviewing Don Armand, right, yeah. and speaking to him subsequent to that, the only thing I would say is he's far, far too nice. Like he's actually one of the nicest men. That I mean, not that these other guys aren't aren't nice, but he's like lovably nice. He's like approachable. Uh, you don't really get that with, um, you know, maybe maybe with John and Ross, who's absolutely fine, but he's not that kind of kind of guy. And I wonder, Lo- lovably that... nice, but then he'll also go and batter Montpellier's yeah, brutes. But... Yeah. So uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is, do you remember the do you remember when Tamara Harrison was first brought brought into the squad, and the reason was basically. His attitude and abrasiveness. So abrasive. Yeah, so abrasive. And I think it's the attitude as much as as much as the physical endeavour mm. which Eddie wants. Well which on that on that front, Partly someone has. else that was mentioned in the in, in the back row potentially, and again African origins, Michael Rhodes back back for Saracens today. And I, but I think that's the sort of player I, I would like Eddie Jones to be looking at from the point of view that he has massive defensive work, puts in some of the biggest hits that I've seen, Michael Rhodes. But he has these basketball esque ball playing ability. Mm. I think he's. The, I think that's the mold of player that I'm. He's I, so athletic. So he goes up in the in, in the lineup. He's a he's a great player, Michael. Yeah. Rhodes. yeah. But again, is, is he? It's, it's amazing some of these boys that haven't been capped by South Africa. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And it's not. I mean, I mean, it, it's kind of lucky, isn't it, that South Africa are double world champions and have an amazing <laughs> national team? Or you'd think that this is criminal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Gary Graham maybe he'll get on the plane Joe Simmons possibly as an outside an outside bet to go to mm-hmm. be taken away to have, have, a, have a close look at Eddie Jones does like to look at people but maybe that's more of a training camp rather than a tour yeah I think Joe Simmons it feels too early to me yeah Tommy Taylor again he's only he's not even back so I don't think it will happen well, but... he played yeah I know but yeah. He's, a, he's not he's not he's only, he's only he needs what's... a season of rugby doesn't he he does yes. and so... the, the one that I'm going to call um, Partly because Jonathan Joseph was out, but I, I had this scribbled down anyway because jo- Jonathan Joseph is out of form. Joe Marchant is looking yeah. good. Yeah. He's, he's been in various different squads for a couple of years now, but never never made that extra step. So I tell you a guy who I'd have on the plane. I, I say, all right, so two older, older fellas. They're not for the future. They're purely for the next World Cup. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's, that's all. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, g- given that we are building, less than eighteen months away, yeah, building for the future is why not? Basically, it basically means that you've you've already failed, right? You, you built <laughs> it, You've got an inbuilt. You build for the next game, next game, yeah. next game. So Brad Barrett, I spoke about at length. He has to. He has to come in at twelve. He is just the best twelve that England can find at the moment. To, at the moment to do that. The other one, a hooker. They need a little bit, a little bit more depth. Cameron Dickey's very, very good. Occasionally misses his arrows. I said who doesn't miss many arrows and who is a much better scrimmager, probably almost definitely actually is Rob Weber. Weber is playing very well. Yeah, he carries well. Yeah, I know he's uh, not the most a- athletic shape. He hits his lineouts. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of options at hooker. Well, they've got two at the moment. You, you well, Hart- Hartley, George, Cowan Dickey, I, Tom Dunn's been in the squad. Tommy Taylor's been in the squad. Uh, Buchanan and Gray, I won't go bother with those. I say who disappointed me um, that he showed some real promise early days at Newcastle, but since he's been at Leicester, hasn't done anything. Uh, McGuigan, yeah, it's George true. George McGuigan, 
not has he not been injured? He's not been injured for the past eighteen months consistently, mm. has he? No, I don't, I, well, I've seen him play games. Fair. I've not seen, and him. he's actually down the pecking order now as well. Yeah, he's got yeah, and... now and Youngs. Mm, he's in it. Yeah, he needs to get out there. Pilot now has been looking better than Youngs. I've got yeah. to say, I'd start him if, yeah. if it was a. Pilot now has been a great signing. Well, every, every, everyone he speaks to just talks about how strong he is. Mm. Yeah, immensely strong man. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think I would give Robbo a serious look because he's a he's a grizzled veteran. Not gonna, not gonna might not win you a game, but he's not gonna lose you a game. And you could argue that Cowan Dickey could win you a game, but you also look at his th- his darts for um, they're good. They weren't, they weren't they're good. Island, were no, they? no, but I mean, you need to win a World Cup, Tim. That's what you need to do. You <laughs> one pressure game. Well, yeah, well, but, Rob, but he's, he's a, the first choice in the English champions, and his arrows are pretty tidy there. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Weber was also in the last World Cup squad, wasn't he? He was, and that went well. <laughs> no, t- Tommy Taylor's your man. By the World Cup, he'll he'll be back. It'll be Tommy Did Taylor he... will be Tommy Taylor will be in the World Cup. Yeah, I think Rob Weber might have. Uh... Did Hartley travel? To the World Cup, or was it? Was no, no. How, how was did it Young, stop? Youngs, George, and Weber. It might have been actually. And I think Weber uh, jumped over Jamie George. He was very good for Bath. Yeah, very have a look good. at the Uruguay game, England v Uruguay, when they played all the all the, when they played all the second the backups. Yeah, I'm gonna have a look now. And they, oh, that was the worst game in English history for me. <laughs> Because not only were they out, they were out, but they played. They would, like, tried to put on a show, and it was just uh, cringeworthy. Yeah. Because there was no, there's nothing riding on it. It was like, it's like a funeral wake. And it was, I, I like hosted the. Yeah, Robbo was number two. Was he? I uh, I hosted the uh, like the fan zone in Manchester City Centre. Bearing in mind, we know how little Manchester gives a damn about rugby. Yeah, <laughs> This is like a big deal. We've got these. We've got these players down. These internationals. We've got all this stuff going on. All these free activities and trying to sell this day to the to Mancunian locals strolling by. Yeah, we're out. <laughs> There's a game just up the road. It'll be no, great. <laughs> yeah, rubbish. Yeah, people bought some of those tickets for a lot of money as well, and they were going for like fifty p on uh, StubHub yeah. or wherever it was the day before. Ugh. And I can tell you if you if you've looked at Japan, I, uh, I, have been doing a bit of digging and a bit of looking around, and Japan is very, very, very expensive to travel to and to travel around in and to. We've got we've got our tickets. We're already booked. You're all going. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 have you have you seen how much Japan costs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're following you, uh, Team USA. <laughs> Yeah, it's very expensive, but you can That's get good. a rail. It's like four hundred quid for a rail pass, I think, for unlimited rail. It's yeah. going to be interesting. The uh, I think you're going to end up staying in one of those little compartment yeah. things. Little put yourself in a drawer and e- eating <laughs> eating instant noodles for three weeks. Yeah. Can't wait. I mean, that's why we anyway. <laughs> so it's not it's not it's not a big deal. There's an interesting article about the. Uh, Japanese sex industry in the Economist last week. Yes, yes, there was. I sent, there? I sent to you on a totally unrelated point. Uh, apparently, it's uh, it's dying out. the The actual uh, intercourse element is dying out, but people want uh, companionship. <laughs> what? It's so sad. Yeah, it because, makes um, it makes me so sad is, reading it. Yeah, there's an element of Japanese society which <laughs> just basically turned into hermits now. Like it's a real it's a real problem. Like uh, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what demographic is. 
But it's something like young men or growing up locking themselves in their flats and literally never coming out. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That kind of them. living online and that is them done. Yeah. Oh, what a what a happy yeah, thought! No. <laughs> <laughs> right, where are we, where are we at? Well, you're going to talk about Cornerstone, and then we're um, going to talk about next week's games. Yes, well, the the, sem- the semi-finals of the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup, absolutely. So, Cornerstone, the best razor we believe you can get, and you have an amazing deal because you listen to the Egg Chasers podcast. We can do for you something very special, and that is give you uh, not just your first order of Cornerstone for just four quid, less than a pint, four quid for six, a cartridge of six razors delivered in a Cornerstone presentation box straight to your door. Uh, but we can also make sure you get your free engraved aluminium shaft, your initials on it or whatever else you want on it, all for four quid for your first order. No obligation. We think you'll love it and want to continue. However, they've got loads of other gubbins and goodies you can go and check out. But if you want your weighty aluminium shaft engraved with your initials, if you want your razors for four quid, go to cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or egg10 at checkout. And Sorry. Hey- Go on. I've just looked on, looked on Twitter and someone has very cleverly gone out there and searched for a trademark for Bristol Bears, which is owned by Bristol Sports Limited. Who are Bristol Rugby? Who are Bristol Rugby? Interesting. There you go. There you go. It's happening. Uh, here is a, a quick break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That was uh, that was an interesting break. It was a great break. Great one of our break. best breaks. As they go, that's strong. I really enjoyed my time off there. Yeah, yeah. agreed. But we're back to talk about the European semi-finals. Uh, what's happening in the Challenge Cup? Gloucester v Ooh. Newcastle. Right? Oh no, uh, Newcastle v Gloucester or Gloucester v Newcastle? Uh, give me Gloucester v Gloucester v Newcastle. <laughs> Firing too many things at me. Give me Sorry. one second. Gloucester host Newcastle. Yes, that's there right. There we go. And Cardiff Blues host Section Paloise. Now it's, it's interesting. It seems ridiculous because there's a potential trophy on the line, so I think both these sides will go for it. But with the state of play in domestic rugby as it yeah. is, we've seen what Leinster did uh, with their side this this week in 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 the league. Leinster um, always do that. But it's um, yeah, Newcastle are going to have an away game at Leicester following this weekend. But they're going to go for it, aren't they? Come on, they got what f- potentially only got three game uh, potentially only three games possibly five games left this or six games left this season business end of the season Newcastle will go for this so uh, just going back to Leinster a second right I, I just had a thought they basically threw away a league game uh, against Treviso well they didn't think they were throwing away a league game but 
there's there's a few different angles to this because they've now got another. So let's let's say there was five players who'd never started. And that's probably wrong, but mm. let's say they had five players in that team who'd never started a Pro 14 game. They've got five more players who are a little bit more experienced and a little bit more used to playing that level of rugby. Yeah. So there is an there's always an aspect with Leinster that they are always developing the young talent. There is that. Okay, and that's up. That's absolutely that is absolutely great. I just kind of think. When did when did playing a game of rugby become such a major inconvenience for rugby teams? <laughs> I mean, like, if there was a game before, it's like, yeah, we'll just scrap that com- completely. I mean, that's your primary job is to put out a good team week in, week out. And there's the other thing as well, like, this would never happen to a French club because playing at home is like a prideful thing. Yeah. And but... that's kind of missing. Yeah. And it, maybe they've gone slightly too far in the balance in developing youth. Uh, mm. There's a... I can't help but feel in a game like that, particularly against a team like your beloved Benetton at home, there is an element of arrogance that, that they will that will get corrected going forward. Um, it, it's a tough one because I I I really recognise the need to keep players fresh, particularly at this time of the season when half of Leinster's best players have also played a full Six Nations. Yeah, but Which, they, they they are so well so well looked after. But it, you can be as well looked after as you like. I, I remember playing at this time of the season, and like just repeat injuries to ankles or repeat injuries to like thumbs. Mm. I remember like being unable to open drinks bottles at one point in the season, and you just need a couple of weeks. All it takes is a couple of weeks of not having contact at training, not having contact at game, and you it'll heal. But because you're just getting bashed over and over and over again. That's the other thing that the the gains are made in preseason, and the objective is of the season, conditioning wise, is to uh, lose the least amount of conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Because, because ma- you, you, maintenance it, is the objective. You're not trying to grow no, and get stronger. You get weaker through the season. Yeah, so, uh, rehab sounds horrific. Uh, it sounds like the the worst part of being being a rugby player. Yeah, I've done a few. A uh, lonely pre-season <laughs> is basically what it is. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you're in the physio. You rock up. Is you're in the physio. Maybe a couple of other. Because I've had some injuries that have been like four, five, six months, and you start off being able to do absolutely bugger all, and you slowly and you see like other players come into rehab for like three weeks, hamstring four weeks, ankle injury three weeks, and you're there two months after they've come gone back playing. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Well, that, uh, that, the only worst place to be, uh, and I don't know if clubs still do. I'm sure clubs must still do this, but um, fat club. Yeah, <laughs> where, where, where you just have extra conditioning, you just get come in and sit on a bike for an hour, and then go and do all the other training that everyone <laughs> well, else I need is to doing. Go to fat club. There's no <laughs> about that. Yeah, you're getting a pull-up bar. You'll be fine. Exactly. Um, just one last uh, little gem from Diamond. I like that pun. That could be like that could be like a weekly feature. Diamonds, diamonds, gems. Um, <laughs> Please no. <laughs> um, Sale uh, have not sustained a training ground injury this season because because they don't they they don't do contact in order to avoid this uh, this thing which is um, getting injured. So I I'm a big fan of doing very very limited contact in training. Mm. Very limited. Whereas but I, when when you so I think when you do it. Do it once every two or three weeks. Do it game intensity and nothing else. Yeah, because so, I, I almost think there's no point doing kind of eighty percent contact. Yeah. So the guy who is in charge of developing Welsh coaches now, Phil Davis, that, that yeah. is his new that is his new job. Quality assurance uh, throughout 
throughout Wales coaching, I think, something, something like that. Um, he says do contact, but in very short bursts. Yeah, no more than five minutes. Very short. Um, uh, high, you want it game intensity mm. because there's no point putting in a tackle at eighty percent intensity is like nothing you will do in a game. Yeah, you're not preparing. It's not match preparation. I dis- I actually disagree with that. I think that players. I I, th- I see why professional players don't do it because they're professionals and to get to a professional level, you've already nailed tackling. I mean, that's, yeah pretty important the oh yes lower, the lower down talk like, H is a completely different yeah, ball game you, you need to know how to get your shoulder in position if it's 80% or 70% or 60% yeah I, I agree with that I'm not talking about talk H I'm talking no. about but like boys. Leicester's Tigers still do the Tuesday, like, the Tuesday morning session do they not it's not famous the, the Tuesday morning fights yeah. free for all yeah yeah I, I, one thing, just from my own experiences playing in the past, the best coaches uh, all all did one thing, and you can talk about the the physical intensity of sessions, but they would always go right. The objective of this session is this, and we're doing. We'll be here for fifty minutes, or we'll be here for seventy five minutes, and it was never a minute more. Do you know what? It was always like short, hard. And but when they say done, they're done. And the, ba- to... the bad coaches drag on and on yeah, and on yeah, and on I've and had on. Some awful coaches. Well, do you know what? Actually, I do appreciate people saying that they say this is our objective. When we've achieved it, we'll, we'll go in. But the best, one of the best coaches that I had, right, used to say that all all, um, all the time. And he used to say as an incentive, yeah, we'll get in, ni- get in nice and early and go home. It's like no, no, I'm here because I like it. I, you know, <laughs> making me go home early isn't, <laughs> yeah. isn't, isn't, isn't the intention. I want to yeah. play for as long as we can play for. I remember having a session on on that where you have like we're going to be forty five minutes short and sharp, kind of on the nose, not a minute over. I'm having one, uh, and it was with um, Andy Nordy was coaching us at the time, and we're getting battered in National One. Um, Andy Nordy was um, former St. Helens, former Northampton centre. He's a good coach, um, but we were getting battered. We lost like eight on the bounce, and he said, "Right, we're going to be doing two hundred meter shuttles." And he split them so you'd be doing either... Oh, 200 metres, not 200 metres. No, 200 metre shuttles. 200 metre over and over and over again. What? So you'd either do, and you'd change it every time, so it'd either be the length of the pitch and back, halfway back four times, or 22 and back eight times. (laughs) Why? So we originally... We we set off not knowing how many we were doing. We get to 10, thinking, right, that's kind of last one and then he just keeps us going and he keeps us going we ended up doing 27 27 number 200 meter oh my word shuttle runs and you started off because there's like the competitive edge like everyone's going fast by the end of it people are just like almost crawling it's like a a two minute 200 meters by the end of it Broughton Park did a pre-season this pre-season actually I think or last pre-season and they basically got them on a little on a little pitch, a tiny little um, like all weather pitch, and they jogged around the outside of the pitch, and jog, jog, and then occasionally the coach would say, "Right, uh, you go turn left." Turn, uh, sorry, so you'd be constantly turning left. Yeah, and then the coach would say, "Right, when you get to the far corner, go diagonal, and, and yeah. then you've got a sprint, and then when you get to, get to where you're going, go right." So then you just go. It's just change of direction, right? Mindless running, but we're sprinting. In. And we were doing it for five for, for like five minutes, 
which turned into seven minutes, which turned into 12 minutes, which turned into you know, 21 minutes. Yeah. Like, it was half an hour's worth of just jogging, sprinting, jogging, sprinting. I wonder if some Terrific. of that is like a, a bit of a mental test because it reminded yeah. me of what, what a mate of mine who was, uh, who was a soldier for a bunch of time. He... Uh, he said that one of the things they used to do, they'd, they'd put on their Bergens, all weighted up, fully suited up, and they'd, they'd go for a whatever run. They'd be hanging out their ass, And then um, they'd get back to what they thought was the finish, only to be told, right, we're going again. Yeah. And and they went off, and loads of them were like, cry, like just thinking, I'm going to cry. I, I, yeah. can't, I can't take this. I can't do it. And, and but actually, they got them over the hill, just out of sight, and then they there was a truck waiting for him that picked them all up. But what it was, it was testing the people that gave up yeah. and said no before they set off on the second run. Cause like some that. of them would have gone, no, I'm not going. Have you ever seen the, the army thing it is, it's an old, it's an old school thing. It's a doubt that they still do it, but it's hilarious to test a mental fortitude. They lie a guy on the floor, right? And they start up a truck engine. And the guy's blindfolded, and <laughs> the truck is like, is right next to your head. Right. But they run your head over with an empty tire, and you just got to trust them. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know what's happening. You just hear the truck, "Don't move! Don't move! Don't move!" It's you coming! It's coming! The truck's coming. You got this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other, and the other thing, uh, my, my my good army friend told me, Simon in Simon uh, in work, ex Royal Royal Artillery. He said, "When you when when you warm up the boys, get them into a big circle." Tell them to face left so they're all facing each other's backs, kind of thing. And the warm up is you got to slap, you got to slap the guy's head who's who's in front in front of you. I was like, you run round, so like you just end up sprinting round because they all try to like slap everyone else's head. But everyone's sprinting at the same time. <laughs> it gets very quick, very, very, very quickly. In a world of HIA. So I think in summary, um, new yeah, class, uh, Gloucester to win. win. Yeah, yeah, Gloucester to win, and then Cardiff host Pow. Come on, pal. Pow, 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 pow. Which pow. is, someone corrected us on Twitter and said it's po, it's pronounced po, not pow. Oh, get over it. I know, but I like saying pow. Yeah, yeah. Pow, pow, pow. Pow, pow. Oh, it's pearl. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah, pearl hopefully will win and um, Gloucester maybe, who knows. I think the English side is going to win the, going to win the tournament. Probably. Yep. Uh, now the big events. Yes. So, Saturday, 21st of April. Uh, three 3.30 kick-off yep. in the Avicii Stadium mm-hmm. uh, in Dublin, Leinster host Scarlets. In a repeat of last year's Pro 12 semi-final. Uh, I think Scarlets will rip Leinster to pieces. Interesting. I think Leinster have come across English sides who are easy to beat in terms of you know what their game plan's going to be and if you, if your game plan works you will beat their game plan so if you front up correct you can stop it like they did to uh, Exeter in the end yeah. when we when we saw it yeah um defending against scarlets is like defending you know against against um an un sorry oncoming water like you just you just can't stop it it's <laughs> uh, it's completely different I think that that will. I, I, I think that they'll just simply out, simply uh, outscore them, and they'll score fast and early. Did you see the Edinburgh Scarlets game this weekend? I know, but I heard the Scarlets lost. 
fifty two fourteen. Again it was a complete the, second team. The Scarlet second team is not uh, yeah. a Leinster second team. But it's weird, isn't it, about the Scarlets? Because their first team shouldn't really be winning Pro Fourteen. I mean actually that's not that isn't fair. The, the starting fifteen is very, very good. Yeah. The starting fifteen But I guess it's front a, front row internationals, entire of the backs are internationals. Yeah. I mean the the pack that aren't internationals are uh, well, James Davis is now. Shingler Ty, is Ty now. Byrne will be. Ty Byrne will be. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. I, I guess what I was trying to say there is, it's as much about the system as it is about the players. Which I, is I'd, I, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, now, in terms of packs, undoubtedly Leinster on paper have a massive advantage. But what you, what I learned about the Scots is how streetwise their their forwards are. They're incredibly streetwise, and uh, that will probably see them through. If they can just get parity in. You know, in the tough areas, I think they'll rip, rip them to pieces. Do we know if the Aviva's sold out? Because when we went to watch Exeter... Busy, but not sold out. It was... Uh, half full? I'd say not half full. I'd say... Wow. It's 52,000 stadium, maybe 20,000 at, at, at the most. Mm. Mm. Uh, no, I have no idea if it's sold out or not. Because um, mm. uh, that would uh, be a big thing. I can't see parity being achieved up front in spite of Scarlet's being, as you say, extremely good. Not only do Leinster also have an international front row, they also have an international front row to back up their international yeah, front row. That is fair. And, and, I think and, and behind that, they probably have a third choice international front yeah. row. Uh, they actually, they, have not, they do have three international hookers, yeah? Uh, Strauss, Cronin. Uh, um, oh, maybe not. Probably. Probably someone else. The point is, they're very, very good. <laughs> yeah. They are very, very good. And they have strength and depth in every single position. They have strength and depth. However, as you say, Scarlets can take so much confidence from... Last year. Uh, from last year. They know how to beat them. Yeah. Uh, and I think the I think the Premiership style really suits the way that Leinster play. But I think I'd back Leinster against almost anyone else. Yeah. The difference this year is... So Scarlets won the Pro 12 with a se- the last seven games of the season. So coming back from Six Nations, they played pretty much their, their strongest team every game. And they built up an incredible am- amount of momentum and they won seven on the bounce to win the whole thing. Yes. The nature of this time round, with them balancing Europe and domestic rugby, yeah. is they're changing their players up. And Leinster are, are, are kind of used to that. Scarlets aren't, and you saw yeah. there was rustiness in that performance against yeah, La Rochelle was, because everyone's fearful yeah. of playing their. I mean, I would have played a full strength, an athlete team, a Scarlets team this, Ed, Ed, this weekend, getting ready for that game. Mm. And if you have some injuries, that's just the cost of doing business. So I, I am less worried about that because, as we said before, the, basically the back line played together anyway. They played together all six nations, bar one or two others. Yeah. I, I'm, I am less worried about that, but I do think Leinster. I think they were. They weren't surprised. Tom Bondell played for uh, Scarlets again, did he? Scored, yeah, against Edinburgh. Um, Tom, imagine that Tom Bondell, European Cup winner, but on Scarlets. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I think Leinster weren't surprised in last year's semi-final, but perhaps. No one really expected 
Scarlets to be able to do it as consistently as they clearly can do it. And I think Leicester, Leinster will have learnt from that and they've got a lot more game tape now on just how um, Scarlets play at the top level. Yeah. So I, I think they'll... I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think they'll they'll make Scarlets less effective. Interesting. So I would love to know what the analysts make of Scarlets and how they're going to slow how, down. Because there's an answer them. to it somewhere. Oh yeah, there will be. And Stuart Lancaster's the man to figure it out. Yeah, big stew. He'll yeah. work it out. So what are you saying, Tim? I'm saying Leinster. I'm saying Leinster. By eight. Yeah, I could go with that. Leinster by a score. Uh, I think this game is not going to be it's going to be by much more than a score either way because there's going to be so many points scored. Um, and I think they're going to be mostly Scarlet's points. In fact, they're going to, mm. yes, the majority of the points scored in this game will be scored by the Scarlet's, making them mathematically the winner. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Michael Owen would say, the team that scores the most goals usually win. Yeah, that's exactly right, except for own goals. If it was at <laughs> if it was at the Principality Stadium, for example, I think I might go with Scarlets. But yeah, the Dublin factor I think is going to be worth ten. They win the Pro Twelve. Ten points. They won the Pro Twelve in Dublin. Yes, they did. I, I, I'm just saying. I think that that's that's going to be worth between five and ten points on the day, which will make the difference. I'm with you. Um, so they will be playing in the final if if it goes the way we say. Well, the winner of that game will play. Uh, Racing ninety two who host Munster, mm. and so someone pointed this out recently. We've not seen Racing ninety two be given their full name for a while, which is Dan, Dan Carter's Racing ninety two. Obviously, he's leaving at the end of the season, but he's still playing, yeah. albeit mostly on the bench behind uh, Lomby. So, hmm. Um, do you think it's not called Dan Carter's Racing 92 anymore because he's just fallen out of favour a bit? I think the uh, drink driving issue last year saw him fall out of a favour with a few, of course, a few people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a small problem. Um, Incu- including JLR, Jaguar Land Rover. Yeah. Uh, well, I also think that he's just in, he's too intoxicating, isn't he, to the, um, to the rugby pundits. And even when he comes on now from, from from the bench, you look on Twitter and it's like, oh, he just oozed class. Yeah, and I love when they say he oozed class. No one ever says, by the way, no one ever says, even the most flair player you can think of, no one ever says, oh, kicked with his cultured right foot. It's only <laughs> ever a cultured <laughs> left, left foot, foot, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That is very, very. That is very, very true. Um, he is. He's all consuming for pundits. Yeah, yeah. They can't talk about anything else when he's on the pitch. No, it's uh, it's weird. It was like, it was like when Sam Burgess, Sam, was, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, look at that but, classy pass! It was forward. In fairness, uh, Dan Carter has had like fifteen years of being the best ten in the world, mm. or he had ten years of he that fifteen years of, of being the the best ten in the world. Uh, Sam Burgess was getting it after two minutes. Oh, he's getting it before he'd even played a game of rugby union. Yes, that is true. Good clear out there from Sam Burgess. <laughs> Amazing, big Sam. <laughs> Good decoy run from Sam Burgess. <laughs> Those decoy as, as runs. As Banahan streaks on an 80 metre run. Score. <laughs> let's go, yeah, let's go back and look at the decoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, this is in Bordeaux. They are so enormously massive. Racing 92. Yeah. I can't see them not winning it. And they've got some serious talent. Yes. Yeah. They've, they've, got, they've got the combination of kind of intelligent halfbacks in Machineau and Lambie. Uh-huh. The enormous pack and some unbelievable 
uh, individual brilliance from players like uh, Nakarawa and Vakatawa. Yeah, and and uh, Dominic Ryan. Is it Dominic Ryan? Donna Ryan. Don- who's Dominic Ryan? Doesn't matter. Donna Ryan, who's someone that adds the dog and the steel to that pack. They are a lovely com- combination, those two. Um, yeah. Nakarawa and Ryan. I mean, they're completely different. Yeah, yeah. But Absolute chalk and cheese. Really. Um, yeah. And then, so we've got all the names. We've got the one of the most expensive squads ever assembled in the world in Racing 92. And then we've got Munster, who are one of the best team units, one of the best organised and closest-knit bunches of players. I wonder how many fans will travel. I mean, I'm guessing a lot. A lot. A hell of a lot. Hmm. Uh, In in fact, to the point where I wouldn't be surprised if it was close to 50-50, or even more Munster. Yeah, the prisons have never really taken rubber to heart. And don't travel at all. So, just, yeah. just like the good players from any French team don't don't travel, not playing away. Yeah. So um, quite a funny observation. The French prop um, is not French prop at all. Uh, the the racing prop, who's massive, Ben Tame Fifanou. Yeah, can only can only get up when he's been knocked down by rolling onto his stomach. <laughs> that's an actual <laughs> that's an actual thing. It's like a turtle. Yeah, he has to roll over to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I, who's going to win then? I think I think Racing will. I I would I would like Racing to win, not because Munster wouldn't be a great story, but just to keep that European feel, which has been what I've really liked about this year. Is there's been a real European feel yeah. to the whole tournament. Well, yeah. the resurgence of Scarlets has helped. Scarlets has helped with that. A Welsh team in it and French teams in it, English teams. Well, it's, one it's English lot, team. In it's it. a lot to do with the Pro Twelve, Pro Fourteen. Becoming a much better product over the last few years. Much better product. But interestingly, it's still one which does enable uh, teams to get the best out of Europe. I don't. Mm. I don't mean that in a critical way at all. But um, you've you've had teams like Leinster have done this weekend and before previous games. They have been able to rotate their squad to a degree that is it's less possible in the. Yeah. Avicii and it's less done certainly in the top 14 and real quality squads uh, like Glasgow for instance I mean an amazing squad uh, and you've got Southern Kings yeah yeah. well I mean just have a look at the pool the group that the that Treviso are in they've won 10 games I think the next one down is the Kings or the Dragons and they've won 2 games yeah, you know, yeah. it's a huge, huge and you've got Zebra. Zebra, yeah, Zebra, Dragons, Kings. You can, you can, yeah. So yes, I completely agree, yeah. and it's not denigrating the competition. It has been excellent, but you still can balance your resources reasonably mm. well if you're smart. If you will smart. do, yeah. Steve yeah. Diamond, fifteen plus fifteen plus two. <laughs> He's a maths guy as well. A maths guy. There you go. So what we're we saying, Rassing. Uh, well, so I was going to go with Rassing. Then I thought. Yeah, they're not going to travel too yeah. well. I'm actually tempted by Munster. Yeah. Purely based on Here that you fact. Go. This is what Munster will not be used to. Be facing a scrum half better than their own. And I think Mashinode is the best scrum half in the world. And he, that is going to be a massive problem for them. He's one that's close. Yeah. It's a good. It's an interesting point, that. There's not many better than Conor Murray, and Mashino is probably one, the one. One of the very few. Mashino, Aaron Smith. And even Aaron Smith, I don't see it myself. 
but I love TJ Perinara so much, and he can't mm. oust Aaron Smith. So there must be something that and Aaron Smith, even after his uh, infamous incident in a yeah. disabled toilet in a hotel lounge, uh, they can't get rid of him because he's that good. So there must be something there. Right, give me Munster by three points. Wow, and you'll go Munster as well, AJ. Uh, I was going to go with Rassing. Rassing by five. Wow. Okay, so bring it on. Wait, one of the two games, one Saturday, one Sunday. Saturday at uh, 3.30, Sunday 3.15. Bring it on. There we go. Oh, Amazing. I love it. Oh, and I'm in Valencia. Without any way to pay for rugby, no, even though you're paying whatever is required. <laughs> I will pay so much money to watch these. Hopefully one of the BT Sport games I'll be able to watch. When are you going? Uh, Friday night. When are you back? Monday night. How are we going to oh. podcast? Damn it. Well, it's all right. We'll sort it. We'll I'll, I'll phone in. They've got Wi-Fi. We'll manage. We'll just, just get dimes in. Should I get a guest? <laughs> <Let's> get dimes. <laughs> dimes couldn't fill my chair, Tim. Well, we'll think on that one to be to, to be confirmed. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll see what Tom, what Tom Cruise is doing next week. Uh, someone with European pedigree or flavour might be interesting. Mm. Leave mm. it with me. See what, see what I can do. Yes. Right. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, all the rest of it. You know what you're doing anyway. If you got to this point, you don't need us to tell you what to do. Uh, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.